May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, this week has gone way too fast for me, um, and uh, I kind of wish it could last a little longer, but here we are. Well, for the past two days, we've been spending an evening with Peter, first with him at the foot washing at the Last Supper, and then uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane as Jesus prayed and he slept. And at each event, we, with Peter, learned something about Jesus and something about ourselves. And today, we will end our night with Peter as the cock crows and Good Friday dawns. And this last lesson of the night, I think, was the most bitter for Peter. But also, in the end, the one that the risen Lord would redeem to help transform him so that he could spread the gospel to the world. A reading from the gospel according to St. Luke. While Jesus was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But Peter denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Earlier in the evening during the Last Supper, as Jesus was trying to prepare the apostles for what was coming, 
Good old Springbutt Peter had loudly boasted that he would never abandon Jesus, that he would go to prison or even die with him. Well, Jesus knew differently and told Peter, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Well, Luke does not record Peter's response at that moment, but knowing Peter, he likely scoffed at such an idea. He saw himself as a great friend, a fabulous disciple, as a man's man, willing to fight and die for his friend, for the cause. No way could he possibly be such a coward or turncoat. And in truth, Peter really wasn't a coward. When Judas and the crowd arrived to arrest Jesus, Peter was ready for a fight. And John, in fact, tells us that the one who cut the servant's ear off was Peter, who grabbed a sword and went out to fight. Peter was brave, and he was ready. But see, that wasn't the plan. Peter wanted the fighting Messiah. And he was willing to stand with a military Jesus who would lead them on to throw off the yoke of Roman oppression. But God the Son had not become human just to overthrow the Roman or any other temporary worldly power. God the Son became man to fight a far bigger war. The ultimate war against Satan and sin and death itself. And the only way that that war could be won was for the Messiah to be the suffering servant that we talked about on Wednesday. To be the one who would bear our sins And give his life on the cross as a ransom for many. So Jesus did what to Peter's mind was unthinkable. Instead of fighting, he was like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. Who did not open his mouth. But went willingly to an illegal trial. And into the jaws of death. And to Peter... And indeed to the world, that form of winning looked a whole lot like losing. Defeat before the battle even began. And so as Jesus went willingly with his captors to a false trial and to the cross, Peter's courage failed him. He couldn't understand And so he melted into the darkness at the back of the crowd, confused and disappointed and scared. And so it was that he found himself in the courtyard of the high priest, there on the fringes of the crowd, watching this illegal trial unfold, watching his friend, his teacher, his Lord, 
being falsely accused and yet saying nothing. And there by the fire, good old Peter, Mr. Well, even if everybody else abandons you, I won't, showed his true colors when he not only abandoned Jesus to his fate, but denied even knowing him. And not once, but three times. And then the rooster crowed. The clarion bell of Peter's perfidy. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine what that would have felt like? It was a look that convicted Peter of his sin. For suddenly, Peter was forced to see himself reflected in Jesus' eyes for the selfish and cowardly sinner that he was, rather than the brave saint he pretended to be. And this time, Peter had absolutely no excuses. At the foot washing, when he stuck his foot in his mouth, he could claim youthful exuberance and misunderstanding of Jesus' purposes. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when he failed to stay awake to watch and pray with his friend, well, he could blame it on fatigue. But that morning... Right before dawn, seated by the fire, as he denied his Lord three times, well, there was no excuse. He knowingly and willingly denied the Lord, and he knew it. And Peter wept bitter tears of abject failure and shame. But Jesus turned and looked at Peter. He turned first. And in that look, there was also forgiveness. For even as the words of denial tumbled from Peter's lips, Jesus was preparing to go to the cross to give his life so that Peter could be forgiven and redeemed. Even at that moment, and that forgiveness cut Peter to the heart. For Peter, the disciple who so much was always wanting to earn Jesus' approval, earn salvation, earn his place at the table, now really and totally knew that he was not going to earn anything, but that he, in fact, deserved nothing but a place with the traitors. And yet still, Jesus turned to him first. Still, Jesus would endure this illegal trial for him. Still, Jesus would die for him, shedding his blood so that Peter could be forgiven. 
And my God, what a terrible and wonderful gift that was. Terrible, because it is in that moment when Peter had to completely die to self. The moment when he knew that he could offer nothing, bring nothing, deserve nothing, do nothing, but receive God's grace. And that is humbling. But it was also wonderful. Because Jesus did willingly die for Peter anyway. Breathing his last, nailed to the cross, so that Peter's sins could be washed away completely in his blood. Truly amazing grace that saved a wretch like Peter. That's why I love and look to Peter. I think that's why so many Christians can identify with him. Because we are all Peter. We are all sinners, often selfish. We speak without thinking. We want God to do things our way right away. We want to make, we want to earn our own salvation and be our own little gods. And in a hundred different ways, we so often deny that we even know Jesus. But we also identify with Peter. Because as that rooster crows for us in our lives, guess what? Jesus turned and looked at us. He turned first. And we need that. We need Jesus to take the first step. To turn to us. To both convict us of our sins but also to help us really see our need for the Lord. And we need Jesus to turn to us with forgiveness in his eyes. We need to know that Jesus went to the cross for us too, even though we don't deserve it. That's what we learn from an evening with Peter. That no matter what, Jesus turns to us first. And that when we turn to him, we find forgiveness. Amazing grace that saved a wretch like me, like you, like Peter. And that's the moment that transforms us. So that on that Pentecost... A forgiven and redeemed Peter could stand up and from the heart and from having lived it, boldly proclaim the gospel, bringing more than 3,000 people that day to know the Lord when he would say, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, whom you, whom we crucified. So repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And for that call, for that forgiveness, and for our new life in Christ, we can but say, thanks be to God. Amen.